Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Well, we have plenty to talk about, and for a lot of you, this is your favorite part of the season, the overlap between Tennessee basketball and Tennessee football as the football balls come down the stretch. Of course, it is Missouri this weekend, and we'll see what they're able to do as far as any postseason success, serious postseason success. They need a little bit of help, but these basketball balls, I do look poised uh, to have a, a pretty good season. Caleb, how are you, sir? I am good. How are you doing today, Dave? Good, good. I'm fantastic. Uh, we've got a lot going on in the program. Also, Butch Jones complains about the lack of fan in attendance. Fans respond by saying, I'm sorry, we tripped and fell on a helmet. Uh, Ryan Day in Michigan, the new Philip Fulmer at Alabama. I'm interested to see where Caleb wants to go here. And uh, also, we're going to take a look at w- what we know with Nico at the helm. We saw just a little bit versus UConn, but a little bit more. But first, uh, Caleb sets this one up. He sent this to me. These His words, not mine. Okay. Do the Vols actually have a better backfield right now? Than they did this time last year. That's a what the H? What the? 
what was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Please hit that like and subscribe button. What the H brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. 40 years of experience, best service, best price in the biz. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. How could this backfield be better last year than one that had a Heisman Trophy candidate and a pretty strong one at that and Hendon Hooker leading it up? How could this one be better than last year? All right, Dave. So let's take Joe Milton the last three weeks. Alabama, when I feel like he had his resurgence, and then Kentucky and UConn. What would you say the gap in play is those last three weeks versus the versus what you saw Hendon Hooker just on a macro scale of last year? Well, I think Tennessee's entire offense was more explosive. I think he was probably making a, a, a considerably amount of better reads than Joe Milton, uh, in-game processing. I, mean, I think last it, three weeks, just the last three weeks. Just I see what you're doing the last three weeks, but I I still think it would have been 25 percent better. Okay, so about 25% better. Yeah, so letter half a letter grade and a half. So if this is a B, he's an A+. plus. All right, so, okay, fair enough. How much better are their running backs? They have the same running backs, but Jalen Wright is significantly better this year than he was last year. Significantly. And so is Dylan Sampson, to prove your point. And Dylan Sampson is, too. You're right. I don't think Jabari Small is any worse. Jabari Small was the main running back last year, but he's fallen to third on the depth chart because the other two have just gotten so much better. So when no. you break that down, I mean, there's an argument that the backfield as a whole is better, isn't there? Uh, th- there's an argument, but it's the quarterback, obviously, that totes the mail. So at the end of the day, I'd rather be really, really good at quarterback than really, really good at running back. Especially we're in a day and age where it seems like you could pick up a running back at the bus station or something nowadays. But would you rather be – okay? Would you rather be really, really good at quarterback and average at running back or really good at quarterback and really good at running back? Uh, I would always I'm going to lean towards in today's uh, uh, form of football, as we know it, I would always rather be a little bit better at the quarterback position than a lot better at the running back position. Right. Okay, but. I mean, if we're doing weights on this, okay, would you say like quarterback versus running back? Would you say it's 100% quarterback versus 0% running back? Would you say it's like 90% quarterback versus 10% running back if you're comparing backfields as a whole? Like, would you say backfield, Okay, backfields all together, I think that uh, 80% to me in my mind is quarterback. Okay, 80% to you is quarterback. I still think it's closer because I think there's such a leap from the gap, the improvement in running back from last year to this year is much more significant than the drop-off in quarterback as of right now. Now we'll, yeah, I will give you that for sure. And, but I, I, if you just want to, if you want to talk about the drop-off as opposed to the improvement, I give you that, but I'm going to take the guy who was very much in the running to win a Heisman trophy. Okay. But let's also bring this up. Now I got a lot of positives to say about people like squirrel white and things like that, but Joe Milton played how those other guys that, no, go ahead. The other guys are the ones you're going to go after. Go ahead. I'm well, no, no, no. I'm not going to. Joe Milton played half the year without Cooper Mace, or at least a third of the year without Cooper Mace fully healthy. Joe Milton himself was hurt. That's two things that didn't apply to Hendon Hooker or Cooper Mace last year. 
And then on top of that, Joe Milton didn't have Jalen Hyatt to throw to this year. And also, Brew McCoy got hurt. The receiver that dictates coverage, as you brought up. I mean, last year, Hooker lost Cedric Tillman, but he still had Brew McCoy and Jalen Hyatt. I mean, let's be honest, Steve. All three of those receivers, you're taking over anybody on Tennessee's roster right now, aren't you? Uh, yes. And as, as it proved out, even though Brew McCoy didn't have the big numbers, he had a big impact on that team, which was why it's so heartbreaking for him uh, to suffer a a significant loss and, and be out for a significant injury and be out for the remainder of the season. And again, I think that he uh, said so much about what's right about the transfer portal. I think he got caught up more in a snafu than um, usually uh, bouncing all around than he did Caleb. Um, then he wasn't a good guy. For, uh, so I think Tennessee's fortunate and they'll get another year out of him. I think so too. I think because of this, every, because of the way Milton is playing right now, and because of how much better the running backs are, I'm willing to say I would take this backfield at this moment over the backfield Tennessee had last year. And it's close, but I would take this backfield at this moment because I have not seen, for two straight weeks, I haven't really seen anything bad about Joe Milton's play. I saw a couple of bad misses against Seattle in the red zone against Alabama. I'll admit that. But two weeks in a row, I mean, he's been as good as Hooker was in his best moments last year, honestly. And so you're telling me over the past three weeks, they're as good as they are in the backfield last year. And you had a Heisman candidate back there. I'm telling you over the last three weeks, they are better in the backfield than they were last year. Yes, I'm saying that. I'm not saying Joe Milton is better than Hendon Hooker, but I'm saying Hendon Hooker, Joe Milton is close enough to Hendon Hooker. Are you telling me he, if you could flip those backfields out, you feel better or worse about Tennessee's chances at Missouri? Better or worse? Worse. I don't think they'd be able to run the ball as well against Missouri as they're going to be able to run the ball this weekend against Missouri. Oh, I think they'd find a way. I'm just saying. And also, by the way, running the ball, let's put the now that Joe Milton is playing physical and lowering his shoulder. I can't believe I'm saying this. I wouldn't have said this three weeks ago. Joe Milton has become a better runner than Hendon Hooker the last three weeks. You got to give me that, Dave. Uh I I still would take the on-field presence, and I don't think that's even close though. That's the problem that we're we're constantly running into is there is innate on-field pre uh, presence. Uh, am I wrong, guys? I mean, Cooper Mays we'll is that on-field presence, and he's on the field right now. And what? he was on the field last. I said Cooper Mays is that on-field presence, and he was last year. And okay. also, Joe Milton's leadership is no. I mean, it's different, but we never questioned that compared to Hendon Hooker. So, are you basically arguing this that without a Cooper Mays injury? this offense is as good as last year or comparable to the 2022 season? Comparable. Without a Cooper Mays injury, this offense is comparable. I'm not going to say – actually, no, I won't go there because the reason is there were some other issues. It wasn't just a Cooper Mays injury. It was a Joe Milton injury. It was a Dante Thornton injury. It was the lack of Jalen Hyatt and then a Brew McCoy injury. There have just been a lot more – there have been a lot more bad breaks. We have to acknowledge this, even if we think Hendon Hooker is better than Joe Milton. Hendon Hooker had a lot more things go his way last year than Joe Milton has had go his way this year and outside of what they did themselves. Can we at least agree with that? Yes. Yes. I can, I can roll with that. And and Rocky Top Tom says this. It's so simple, and yet it's beat to death. Joe Milton, a six-year senior, is not as good overall as Nico, a freshman, but he has improved greatly this year because he has been given the chance to improve. Well, there's a, 
a whole lot more truth to that than a lot of people think. Just being given the chance to take snaps in a college football game is the only way you're going to get better at playing a college football game. I mean, you, you have to go out there and get repeated snaps. Things have to go bad for you. Things have to go good for you. And if you don't do that, you're going to struggle uh, long term. And I think that uh, Tennessee is, has seen times under this offense where they've started to struggle like that and they've been able to pull out of it for the most part. Do they pull out of one or two more? Um, if they have, if, if we're still trying to make that comparison between last year's backfield and this year's backfield, I'm going to say yes, that they pull out of the, so they're better with last year's backfield. But you're taking, I mean, there's, we're still, we're still looking at the potential of this team finishing with the same record that they had last year and the same result that they had last year. You haven't ruled out them beating Georgia at home. And I don't think either of us are ruling them out beating out them beating Missouri. So I think we are, we're looking at this team with the prospect of them finishing with the exact same record as last year. And also, by the way, the loss is not even being as bad because the Florida loss this year is no worse than the South Carolina loss was last year. Rocky Top Tom has some thoughts in your comments uh, about Joe Milton's running ability. Do you want to read that? If you're on YouTube, hit like and subscribe. Uh, Rocky Top Tom says, in no way in a frozen hell is Joe Milton a better runner than Hendon <laughs> Hooker. But Rocky Top Tom, what about the last three weeks with Joe Milton more lowering his shoulder and being 240 pounds and able to... When you watched Hendon Hooker run last year, you still kind of held your breath because he was a little bit more finesse. You didn't want him to get hurt. When you watch Joe Milton run this year and see him truck over a guy, you don't have any worry that he's not going to get up and be fine. Uh, yeah, um... But I, I thought Hendon Hooker was also, for the most part, good at going get down. I don't think you ever want your quarterback hit. I don't care if one day there's the Shaquille O'Neal of quarterbacks, and he's seven foot tall and 350 pounds and runs a 4-4. I do not want him lowering his shoulder and hitting people. Slide, get out of bounds. Just, there's no reason to get – I mean, there's absolutely no reason to get hurt half the time. And it ends up with a guy trying to be tough that doesn't want his toughness question. Don't you think that guys should just slide or get out of bounds 90% of the time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm friends with a lot of Washington fans, and uh, they are mad to this day that RG3 never learned how to slide. Like, I think they, I think they, I think that Washington hired some players from the Nationals to come teach RG3 how to slide. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's this, there's this, used to be there's question about, are you tough? Well, you're not tough if you if you don't try to run this guy over bull. I'm gonna to be tough for my family and stay on the field. That's what I that's how I'm gonna to be tough. Enjoy life better when you see better. Local vision service uh for LASIK, cataract surgery, and regular eye examination. Go to ccti's.com, ccti's.com. Look at me. I'm not wearing contacts, I'm not wearing glasses. It's incredible, and they're local doctors that care. So ccti's.com campbell cunningham taylor and Hahn, and also you're doing the best thing for the team caleb when you're bouncing it out um when you're getting down when you're not getting hit then that's the best thing for the team because you're still available moving forward especially in the nfl yeah i i totally agree it's um it's the old adage in old british literature you know you don't go you know, there was a difference between the person who was between the hero who was brave because he had to be and the hero who was brave because he was looking for trouble to be a hero. If you know what I'm yes. talking about. And so, it's like yeah. that fellow Leonidas with 300. It was a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to protect I mean, my country, but I also kind of like fighting. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or Beowulf, the original, you know, uh, Odysseus. Uh, they were like, they were like, we want to be the hero. So we're going to be a little more reckless. Whereas like, then there's the hero that like, I'm the hero because I have to be the hero because the, the, the moment has call, but I don't, you know, I'm not going to look to be reckless if I don't have to be. I think every war, there's one of the sides that says, well, let's show them what we got or, well, they don't believe what we got. They don't really want to be in it, but they're like, okay, let's, let's do this. And, I mean, uh, if you, like, if you read, Gaunt, read the book on with the wind, not the movie, it's very clear that the Confederacy, half of them, they just wanted to go to war. They just wanted to fight in the Confederacy. Anyways, all right. I uh, did today's tough question dissecting the vault's future with nico based on what we saw against yukon we didn't go down that road immediately because uh we had other things to get to in the post game show but it was going to be a topic there's no questioning that it is uh today's tough question it's brought to you by the hemp house today's tough question take a side take a stand the dave hooker show a presentation of off the hook sports.com Let's take a look at this offense with Nico at the helm. And it's brought to you by the Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Go to Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. Hemp House Chat with 2Ds.com. Let's start with throwing on the run. We were just having a conversation, Caleb, that uh Tennessee and with Joe Milton struggles to throw on the run. It looks like Nico is an absolute natural in throwing on the run. So again, I don't want anybody to think that we're trying to suggest they make a move right now. We're not. We're just having the discussion of what little bit we've seen. We saw the most against UConn. Uh, So throwing on the run, uh, I thought his high school tape alluded to this. Uh, The more I see him throw, the more I see he has light feet. Uh, he he reminds me a little bit of Shador Sanders in some ways. So I'm not surprised, Caleb, that we, we saw him throw on the run confidently and with poise. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. And I think we have been hearing for a while that he's great on the run and fluid. And I think this is a very good sign that he throws on the run. Now, and weirdly enough, we didn't see him throw a lot from the pocket I, I've seen him in tape. He's got an amazing arm from the pocket. He's going to be hitting those downfield passes on those wide splits better than even Hendon Hooker did. The question becomes, with Nico, and the biggest question, can he hit those underneath routes over the middle? As you've noticed, Dave, this year, to stop the deep ball, how many teams are giving up those underneath routes more than more than ever before, right? And, yes. and and I think that's by design. I don't think any defensive coordinator wants to come out and say, Hey, I'm running a bend, but don't break defense. But they all are nowadays. They all are. And they definitely want that with a team like Tennessee that, you know, you get in the red zone if they're having to. I mean, if if, if you're a team that has to run a, from shotgun on third and one, you're happy playing bend, but don't break defense because, you know, you got a chance when the yard, when the field gets shorter, honestly. Sure. And and so I think the key for Nico now is we have to see, can Nico make those underneath throughout throws over the middle and and this is a big I, I will say this is a big drop off from Hendon Hooker to Joe Milton even now when the field gets shorter in the red zone and you have to make a throw can you make an accurate throw at that moment and we haven't seen that although I mean the touchdown pass to McCollin Castles was somewhat that but 
I, I can't really go there. I, I, yeah, you know, I, I think you still have to see a little more of it. So I'm still a huge believer in Nico, but that's the big question. Can he hit the underneath routes and throw the short intermediate routes accurately while from the pocket? Okay. Uh, looking at Tennessee's offense uh, with Nico at the helm, and what we saw against UConn was more than what we saw at any previous time. So we know the level of uh, football we're talking about with UConn. So uh, just discussing this guy. Don't get scared. Nico. Uh-huh. That's uh, absolutely right. Uh, I want to remind you with the uh, uh, city heating and air conditioning, 50 years in East Tennessee, integrity matters. Don't trust a fly-by-night HVAC company to tell you need a new unit that could cost thousands or more. Cityheatandair.com. Cityheatandair.com. All right, you said um, confidence on our little bullet points. At least that's what I wrote down at our 3.45 a.m. Uh, production meeting. I will tell you this. I think the guy, it, it could always be misplaced. I've seen very confident guys that didn't play well. I'm not telling you he's the second coming of Peyton Manning, okay? But I will tell you this. From everybody that I talk to, he has the air of a quarterback, which is confidence. And when I hear him talk, in a different way. They don't sound the same, but he reminds me of a, I love the, the clutch moments. I really do. And, but it's not because that football is not as big to me as you. And that you're a weird one reminds me of Casey Clawson. That was always his point is that it meant everything to him. And he was in incredibly confident said, I've confidence myself and my teammates. That's where you've got to start. People took that the wrong way and thought he was cocky. I never thought he was cocky. I, I don't think I've, I've ever asked you your, your thoughts on Casey. I've always been like you. I've always been. I, I I remember the hate of Casey and I thought, and it was a little weird, but you have to remember that Casey was inextricably tied to Kelly Washington because they were roommates for a year. And Casey was very defensive of Kelly Washington. I remember that. And I think some of what people didn't like about Washington rubbed off on Casey for a while. Yeah. May, may have uh, Kelly, uh definitely Kelly was in it for his own um but there's a confidence there um that I think Nico is going to have so I don't think that's going to be an issue and then you, mobility we talked about um let I mean if something happened tomorrow Tennessee's more mobile at the quarterback position than they would be if everything's fine with Joe Milton just after what you've seen again I think, Nico, I, think they, I think their mobility would be the same. Now, Nico is a guy who you want to be able to slide because he's a lot smaller than Joe Milton, but he knows to slide. Remember that 25-yard run? He got down. Yep. And he is – I saw him quick thinking on his feet. I did see the confidence. Um, You know, it, it, it's funny because you're seeing – you know, I, I don't like to bring identity into this, but he is a Polynesian quarterback isn't he? And, mm -hmm. you know, people drew, I remember people drew comparisons from Tua to Marcus Mariota. And I'm like, those are totally different quarterbacks. Mariota is a small run. The offense guy Tua is a, is a gunslinger. I see a lot more of Tua in Nico than I see of any, anybody else. And I think Nico is in the perfect offense for a quarterback like him or Tua Tagalavoya would be. And I mean, honestly, I, could you imagine if Tua had played in Josh Heibel's offense in college? <laughs> Um, yeah, and I think it's it's funny too with uh, with with mentioning the Polynesian descent. I I was thinking about this the other day because sometimes it makes people uncomfortable. 
But if you've seen a stereotype that's a lot true and they're proud of it, I think it's okay to use it, right? Because everyone, I mean, it's a compliment too, that they take so much pride in what they do, not just football. Everyone I've covered is just like, they're, they're incredible people. I mean, it's like, it, 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 I agree. If you, if it's a compliment stereotype, it's good. Just like when you say in the South, black people have the best cooking, (laughs) they do, you know, and it's, uh, I mean, um, so I think that, yes, I, I think this is a good stereotype. I think it's, but it's, it's. The question, there is the work ethic and the doing what you're told, but then do you have the moxie, which, as you know, is a big part of playing quarterback nowadays, right? And just because you have the work, because Marcus Mariota had no moxie whatsoever. And that's why I never liked him as a Titans pick. He's like, everybody's like, he does what he's told. I'm like, I don't want a quarterback who just does what he's told. I want a quarterback that kind of seizes the reins, you know? And I think Nico does strike me more as a quarterback who seizes the reins. Doesn't he strike you as that guy too? Yeah. Uh, some more notes to come out of our uh, 345 a.m. Uh, production meeting and that was um this is interesting that you wrote this balls kept cooper Mays in the game when nico came in that tells you they wanted to get some real snaps right because it also tells you this they don't have a center for the future because you're not going to put somebody else in there that you don't think is ready right you're not going to get nico hurt just so that ollie lane could get a couple of snaps at center again yeah, you're not <laughs> going to do that at all. Now, I but I also question, does this also mean that, here's the question with Nico next year. All of this could be moot if Tennessee doesn't have a center ready to go next year. And yeah. isn't, how big of a concern is that? I think that's a bigger concern than people are letting on, Dave, is that Tennessee still hasn't found a guy to replace Cooper Mays. And I don't think they'll tell you this, but I think the coaches are really worried. Yep. Uh, now we're getting uh, 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 we're getting food comments. Uh, that was a disgusting. I don't even remember saying that. But anyway, <laughs> no. When I said I'm doing when I said I'm doing the co- when I said stereotypes yeah. that are good. I'm like if you say black people have the best cooking, and that's why he said oh, it okay. was right white right. little season. Uh, hey, so I, I will tell you this though. Um, um, ribs are good at uh, St. Louis style ribs, which are pretty good. So we'll talk about that here in a second. But still had to drive That's a, uh, as a Memphian. How dare you say St. Louis style ribs are good? Just different, just different, <laughs> just different. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. So I will take uh, Memphian. Is that how you said it? I will yes, take those Memphian. Memphians instead. Uh, I, I will take uh, anything from Rick Terry Jewelry Design. Love it. They want to be your jeweler. Looking for affordable game day jewelry? How about the Fire Opals, the Tennessee tradition? RickTerryJewelry.com. RickTerryJewelry.com. In two minutes with Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. We'll play a little bit of uh, football IQ. Ryan Day, the new Philip Fulmer, Alabama. It was Ryan Day, Michigan, the new Philip Fulmer, Alabama. And Butch Jones is upset there aren't more fans in attendance. I have a way of fixing that. I don't know everything, but I have this one way that you can surely fix that. In two minutes with Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. Sand and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. 
Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee ball collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co.? What's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. Here we go. Welcome back. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This is a presentation of Off the Oak Sports. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. He said nothing you people can't do. Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. Now, here's what I'm thinking. I hear that Boomhauer voice in that rejoin, and I'm thinking maybe we could adjust, Caleb, your hoity-toity voice that you do every once in a while into like more of a Boomhauer voice. Who th- uh, any, any thoughts of that on the message board? Anybody want to make that happen? Because I think we probably could. By the way, uh, we have reached out to uh, Rick Terry. So Caleb agreed to wear a tiara if Tennessee covered. I thought it was very brave by him. So we're going to see about that. I don't know that you're up for that. I don't know that you're. Uh, I mean, Michael can he get it to? Can he get it to me by Friday? Oh, we can work on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll see how that goes. You were surprised they covered. How did you do was, your picks, by the way? Oh, I did amazing on my picks. I cannot wait to brag about. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna wear this tiara to show off how good I did over the weekend because I balled out, hit a three leg parlay in the Pac-12. I'm gonna miss Pac-12 football, man. I'm really gonna miss it. Like Pro- Caleb making money, brought to you in part by Sports Treasures, uh, carrying over five million Sports Treasures and so much more. Follow them on Facebook for the best sports memorabilia. That's daily updates. Go to Facebook.com. Just look for Sports Treasures. That's a Sports Treasures. You asked this question, is Ryan Day, Michigan, the new Philip Fulmer, Alabama? I think I know where you're going with this, but I thought I would let this one flow. Why? So, who's been covering the saga over the weekend? It's just been epic. Um, Are we talking about the sign stealing? The sign stealing sandal regarding Michigan. Yes. Michigan says they have – so, for those, just for a refresher – Michigan says they have documents. This came out on Friday that Ohio State was behind the leaking 
of information that revealed Michigan was behind the sign stealing. Now Michigan is coming out and saying there's other documents that prove they're not the only team that sign steals and a bunch of other teams sign steals. So Michigan's decided, okay, y'all come for us. We're going to go nuclear on y'all. The suggestions are that <laughs> this is great. The information it is suggested either came from Ryan Day, an associate of Ryan Day, possibly a family member of Ryan Day. However, there is suspicion that this information was leaked to Michigan by Zach Wilson. Remember the guy that got Urban Meyer fired or not fired, excuse me. That basically is why Urban Meyer resigned and ran because he was covering for Zach Wilson, you know, beating up his wife and all of that, you know, lovely things that Ohio State does. Other than and, that, he was a great individual. A, a incredible individual, you know. Um, yes. And sadly that's not the worst scandal of big 10 football teams the past 15 years, but you know, it's like not even top five that they had a domestic abuser as an assistant coach on their team. Um, but. So you're saying essentially that Philip Fulmer turned in Alabama for cheating and you're going all the way back to the Albert means scandal. Yes. And I'm saying Fulmer turned in Alabama for cheating and Alabama fans forever were vitriolic towards Fulmer and Fulmer did it by secretly recording. You remember he recorded the conversation he had with the Tresvent football coach, right? That's how he got Alabama call. Was... Yes. And uh, yeah. And he was very proactive. You know, I've, I've, yes. I've read, I've, I've read the letters. Um, he, he, he definitely thought that Alabama was cheating. I can't, I wouldn't even feel comfortable reciting, paraphrasing some of the things that I read that uh, he didn't realize they, those were public records since they went to the sec. If you would like to, you can file a Freedom of Information Act right now, and you can read the letters, letters yourself from the University of Tennessee. I'll provide a link right below. No, I won't. But uh, you really can. So, uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if Ryan Day's involved in trying to hurt Michigan. If I had a bet between Michigan's better because Michigan's cheating a little bit, because it's so razor thin, the winning, uh, who's going to win, who's going to not, or somebody is churning them information i'd have to take a little bit of both but 70 to 30 of their better because they're cheating i think cheating in this regard is a big deal sometimes i don't don't you uh i'm uh, yes and i didn't think it initially but i did kind of think it now because again college football is more unique than other sports coaches like in the nfl sign stealing is common and in high school but coaches in college football don't have as much time to do as much scheming as in other leagues because of recruiting. So they can't just get their players to change their signs on a dime at halftime. If the signs have all been stolen. And yep. I think that's kind of where this is. at. Well, and, and in football, even if you win a half, because you're stuck with that, those sets of signs. A half. Yeah. It can get out of hand in a half. I mean, you can win it in a half. So before you can change your signs, even if you want to do it halftime or, um, yeah, so I, I, that that can flip things all together. Um, do, do you remember the the Peach Bowl in the early two thousands with Clemson and Tennessee? Yes, I do. I was. Yeah, was, at that it, game. was it you that brought up that that was possibly a sign stealing game to me? I did not, but I remember how confused Tennessee's defense was in that game. Okay. Consistently, what do you think Clemson got a hold of their signs? Well, somebody brought that up to me recently, as that game in particular. He just said to me, I thought it was you, said said to me that I always wondered about that game in particular. Uh, I'm not I mean, blaming I, Clemson. I, nobody's reporting. 
Nothing, but he said that oh, that game always had a weird, funny face. I thought Tennessee wasn't happy. Tennessee didn't care to be in that game because they thought they deserved a BCS Bowl. That's what I think, too. I'm just telling you what this guy brought up. I think that <laughs> but, was a case of guy, of a team didn't want to be there, which is what it is yes. and what 90% of Whether or not you want to be there in a bowl game determines who wins and loses. The only quarter, the only player who didn't go home for the holidays in that game was Casey Clawson because it was his last game, and he played his heart out in that one, but nobody else played for him. And but yeah, and so that was sad to see. That was the saddest part of that game is you watch Casey Clawson just fighting his tail off and nobody else was playing for him in that one. But I will say that so with the Ryan Day one, look, I mean, if 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 he one there the one of the allegations are that that the Ohio State possibly had somebody hack Michigan's computers, which is a federal offense, which is why my joke on this is like Ohio State may have broken a federal law to catch a team breaking an NCAA law, which is that's like college. Well, I mean, you, you, but but you know, and I know it's a civil suit, and you know that. Um, but you know, Philip Fulmer didn't go to the state of Alabama for SEC media days. So that that was he didn't. That was one bizarro year, and then well, they were didn't. Alabama was trying to subpoena him, but the lawsuit in Alabama was totally petty by the state of Alabama on that because. Yes. Like they were trying to use the state to get him in trouble, and it was pretty pathetic. I mean, and remember the evidence with the scene. It was they had a guy named what the guy's name was Kenny Smith, right? Who went to Tennessee and Fulmer dismissed him from the team, and Kenny Smith like was a totally not credible witness at all. And so this was, but the originator, the thing that was stuck in the craw the most was the uh, Albert Mean situation. Yes. Well, no, they, what I'm, but Kenny Smith was a star witness because after he got dismissed from the team or didn't, he basically was trying to tell people that Fulmer and boosters were behind paying him to go to Tennessee. But it's like, obviously this is an ax to grind kid who, you know, didn't make it at Tennessee. Now I'm not, do I know, do I think there was some shady stuff going on with Tennessee? Yes. That Auburn, I remember the week of the Auburn game in 99 was they were being investigated for academic fraud. And most of us believe, I think you do too, Dave, that the reason Fulmer turned in Alabama was because he was trying to get the NCAA off his back for the academic fraud investigation that was happening. And I don't, I don't deny that, but uh, at the same time, what needs to be said is Tennessee wasn't the only school complaining about Alabama during that time. Steve Spurrier sent how many letters to the SEC complaining about Alabama cheating at that time? It was like three, I think. Yeah, that was a collective. I mean, that was Florida, that was Georgia, that was everybody who was trying to turn Tennessee and uh, excuse me, turn uh, Alabama in. Tennessee was definitely one of those. Tennessee used, of what I'm aware of, I didn't read every single letter to the SEC, but he was definitely used the strongest language. Yes, and Fulmer used the most effective way to get Alabama. A strongest language. I mean, the possible strongest language you could have possibly (laughs) used in a letter to someone else. Yeah, and and as we know, Fulmer <laughs> probably used the most effective way to have Alabama dead to right. Like, it's one of those that there was a ton of smoke, but Fulmer was the one who got the fire. And that's why Alabama was upset. I think that's the case with Ohio State and Michigan, don't you? Even if Ryan Day turned in Michigan, I think a bunch of teams were complaining about it. Don't you think a bunch of teams were suspicious of this? And, and Ohio State may have just gotten the smoking gun. Now the catch is technically how Ohio State got it may have been illegal by hacking a computer, whereas former secretly recording somebody against their knowledge wasn't illegal because Tennessee is one party consent state. 
which is that's where that whole thing is hilarious. Had Fulmer done that in Maryland, he would have gone to prison for 30 days. Um, Ew, that's how that's the that. the whole member Linda Tripp, Monica Lewinsky thing when Linda Tripp recorded Monica Lewinsky and Monica Lewinsky didn't know. And a that's place we didn't think we'd be on this. That's why Linda Tripp went to Lewinsky. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, Fulmer secretly recorded. The Tresvent head coach, I think. I think it was a Tresvent head coach. Or maybe it was somebody else shopping Albert Means. I forget. Um, but, yes, with Ryan Day, the worst allegations are they may have illegally hacked Michigan somehow, which is a federal crime. So, also, because here's why it's really bad, Dave. This is where you could really take it somewhere. The University of Michigan is uh, has a strong engineering program, does a lot of work with the Defense Department. So, you could legitimately say you hacked American Secrets by and, and compromise our national security trying to catch michigan cheating yeah, there you go mead drinker says wasn't there something with juicy lock or excuse me eric lock his dad was named juicy so yes there was something with juicy as well juicy lock he was uh he wanted he, he wanted eric to play more i know that's a surprise that in college football you would think with one parent was biased over his kid and wants him to play more, but that happens a lot. Happens? <laughs> wait, wait, are you telling me that? Are yeah. you telling me that that's what Craig James was doing to Mike Leach? Yes, there maybe is a, is a family with the last name Mawson that thinks that a guy with the last name, um, oh, oh not that doesn't rhyme with anything. Rick Clawson probably thinks that, uh, um, should have played a little bit more because of that. So, uh, two minutes coming back, and then I. When you get into Tennessee's basketball win in the opener, also Butch Jones is upset about, uh, man, he, he doesn't like the fact that attendance is not good. Stay tuned. Two minutes with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Booker and the football IQ segment, which we love. This is Off the Hook Sports. Got cataracts. We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. These mountains hold and defend a spirit far better than moonshine a drink that holds flavor that becomes necessity a hard cider made and relished by folk who are as hearty as they are legend a refreshment that can only be found in one place with a taste that makes you say give me three bottles of the good stuff tennessee cider company where necessity can be found 
Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. David on the message board wants a Monica story. I don't have a Monica story. I haven't been in the White House, nor in the Oval Office, nor any of that stuff. However, Heath Schuler did allow my kids to press the button and vote for him in Congress. How about that? It's a pretty cool story, right? They don't even remember it. Spoiled brats. Spoiled brats. <laughs> hey, uh, yes, that not, uh, DC is not this hooker's jurisdiction for where he works. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Uh, I can see that. All right, you brought this up to me, uh, Butch Jones complaining about the uh, lack of attendance. Uh, I want to get to football IQ here in a little bit. Stupid, uh, you don't have to be stupid. Stupid decisions are made each and every week by each <laughs> by normal football coaches. So definitely want to get to our football IQ segment. In case you guys were wondering, uh, John Adams couldn't join us today, but he's our usual Tuesday guest. We love visiting with John. All right, so. Can you pull up the tweet about Butch Jones complains about the lack of attendance? It's a video. Do you mind me playing the video for a second? Do you, do you, um, will that work? I'm, I'm open to what you believe we should All right, do. Let's here. see how this goes. Sometimes I can be a boomer with technology. So, you know, a boomer see how this means, one goes. Yes. A, a baby boomer. Yes. All right. So let's yes. see. Tell me if, tell me if the sound slightly is slightly okay. older than me. Yeah. <laughs> thank the fans that did show up today with beautiful weather. I'd like to thank them for coming. Um, we need to do something. I'm going to challenge our student body. You know, we got a team that's won five out of seven. We represent Arkansas State. We need to start making Centennial Bank Stadium a home field advantage. And I'm very grateful for the people that come out today. Um, grateful for everything that they do for our program, but we need to get more people in the stands. This is a community team. It starts with our student body, so I don't know if I have to walk across campus and continue to meet, but that's why you go to college as part of the collegiate <laughs> experience to be a part of it, and it was unacceptable today. He okay. called the fan support unacceptable. Okay, but let me let me ask you this: Do you do you, what is the final death knell of a coach? Is it when he's asking for people to show up? I'll tell you what I think it is: Is it the it's been leaked that this record won't be good enough. That's a bad one. I've written that one. Okay. So um, it's, or it's um, sources are highly uh, considering the thought of replacing blank. That's a pretty strong one. But when you get to the point where you're going to the meeting, you're saying, please show up. I understand that I'm not likable. My team's not very good, but it's made a little bit of a run here lately. And uh, five of seven. Think about where you're at, which isn't too good. That's his favorite, too, is to tell the fan bases that be realistic. You're not that good. Like, you would tell your wife, hey, I like you, honey. You look good. It's Friday night. I mean, deep down, you're not that good looking, but here we go. I, <laughs> basically what you're telling a fan base. You did your best. You bought at the right store, but, you know, it is. He is the weirdest individual. I can't believe he is actually part of Tennessee football. That's the one of the group that I still shake my head between Dooley the and the whole group. The nerve of him 
in year three, by the way, this is year three when he inherited a team that had had a winning record the year before. And in year three, he's like, hey, guys, we've won five and seven. By the way, they're one game above 500. So they're five and four. OK, so the way Butch sells that we won five of seven. Well, OK, you won five and nine. You got to count the whole season. OK, <laughs> like um, and so the, the nerve of him to sell it. And you're right. One, I want to go on a soapbox here real quick. It is never a fan's fault for not showing up for games. Okay. I'm sorry. That's it, it is your fault for not giving them something to show up for. Okay. And it's, I, that is one of the things that grates me. And they do this in sports more than they do it anywhere else, Dave. Sports owners, it, it's the biggest scam in professional sports where owners will, they'll have, a, they'll feel a crappy product and they'll say, if you're really loyal to the team, you'll show up no matter what. Well, Dave, if you're a local business, and we have a you have a lot of endorsements here. We love them. But if a local business had a bad product, they would never say, come buy my product out of loyalty to me, even if it sucks. Okay. And I mean, but somehow sure. sports, somehow sports coaches and leagues can get away with saying that and fans eat it up. And no, you shouldn't support a team when you're losing. If they won't give you a good product, don't show up. And Arkansas State was a I mean, believe it or not, for a while, they were like a championship top-level Sunbelt program. They were one of the best teams in that era because if you're Arkansas State, you're close to the border. You can go get a lot of Louisiana and Texas guys and build a team on that. And so for Butch in year three to be hoping to maybe get bowl eligible at six and six and say that fans should show up and he they deserve better than what they get. No, the fans deserve better than what they get. You don't deserve better. You're, it's your yeah. job to win for them. And you also have uh, this ability, this um, this pedestal to be able to to change things much more quickly than at other schools. That's the thing about me. Do I, I think that Tennessee got caught in a pickle with Lane Kiffin, and then he ends up being um, he ends up going the direction of you just have to hire somebody. They would have been better off to keep Kippy Brown at the time, uh, kind of wait and see what happened for a year, but they, they weren't really in position to do that. So they didn't, and they got forced into a hire. To me, uh, Josh Heupel, I think, realizes what he can do uh, in, in a lot of respects at Tennessee that he might not be able to do elsewhere that would be tougher at UCF and places like that. I think he's... Uh, an appropriate coach. I'm not saying you're going to go out and call Nick Saban and he's going to show up, but you shouldn't drop down and go any lower. You should never have to go a Derek Dooley type of route again. So if, if Josh Heupel decides I want to go to the NFL and he might one day, you should build the program back. And I think that it has been. I agree. And you should also hold firm with somebody like, okay, if Josh Heupel does it at a really bad time, like March of next year, just make Tim Banks the coach for a year and see how it works out. Don't try to don't don't try to make a bad hire just so you can get a signing class filled in when that bad hire might set your program back three years rather than one. Wait, are you saying if like he goes to the NFL or something? I'm saying it's say hypothetically Josh Hype leaves for the NFL at a time when you when you just can't hire a new coach. So you know the coaching carousel's over. It's like March or something like that. You know what I mean? Which he, most times it, like when Lane Kiffin left, the worst thing they did with the Derek Dooley thing and why they should have kept Kippy Brown is Lane Kiffin leaves. Whatever damage is done by Lane Kiffin leaving, whatever damage might be done by sticking with Kippy Brown, you would do more damage by making the wrong hire, which they inevitably made the wrong hire. Because you're talking about one year setback versus a three year setback. Because any hire you make is going to naturally get three years. 
I completely agree, especially when the NFL, when would they be making that hire? They, yeah, they might make that hire in late February, honestly. You know, with the season now going 17. Okay, just for the record, I, w- I want people to know. I mean, this discussion went this way. We, I'm not reporting, nor do I think that anybody's making a strong run at Josh Heupel. I, I've I've always thought that somebody in the NFL will at one point, but you got to see more successful success now. Um, he's he's not close to that point, but I think he'll have that option at some point if he wants to. I think so too. I think so too. By the way, speaking of Tennessee coaches, uh, you do know, Dave, when you aren't covering Tennessee, you'll love this. Uh, you in the 1920s. Caleb's the only guy that goes back and he'll say, when you weren't covering Tennessee football in the 20s. No, the 2010s, the 27, the Jeremy Pruitt era. Yes. The bullet head bullet, era, as you say. Yeah, bullet head. Um, bullet head. And now I'm going to take it from you because it's such a good nickname for him because I can't now, I can't not see a bullet like the way his head looks, honestly. But, true um, Jer- uh, true uh, Jeremy Pruitt story. Had him on the radio live. We were the first people that had him. It was on a radio station in Chattanooga. This was right after he had just done the announcement and the press conference, and he said, I, 15 million times. You ask him just, how's morale? You know, how's it going? It's just like an opening sort of, he goes, "Um, all right, eat. And like every time that he was about to say I, because that was his crutch, his face would kind of contort. You know, like he had rebooted for a second or frozen up. And... It must have happened 28 times in the course of a 12-minute review because he didn't want to say I anymore. He had been taught not to. So he he was rebooting every single time. That's was, so I could I could definitely see that it was fantastic. Him, but... I'm not I'm not exaggerating whatsoever. It was awesome. Well, that year Pruitt came out and lashed out at Tennessee fans for not showing up for the spring game. And he's like, We need support at the spring game. Why do you need support at the spring game? just stop okay that was so annoying and then a year later one of the most egregious things done was remember when fulmer nixed interviews for the big orange caravan and said coaches aren't going to be going across doing the big orange caravan this year and he said what we'll have is we're going to have the cheerleaders and the mascot go and you can take pictures and celebrate and stuff like that i'm like that's not why people show up for the big orange caravan yeah it hasn't done well lately tickets see a little Little steep just to go get some bare, almost underage uh, women to sign your ticket. That doesn't, and a guy dressed up in a big smoky outfit. Yes. And there's no coaches there. Anybody going to that thing anymore? No, it was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment that Fulmer did that, quite honestly. And I, and they tried to act like we're going to, and they said it was going to be a more interactive experience. Are we sure that was Fulmer? That was Fulmer. That That was Fulmer's decision. Was that a COVID thing? Is that no? This was 2019. This was May of 2019. This was Fulmer's decision. See, that's so Philip. Because if he'd have waited a year, blame it on COVID, and then it goes away, and you don't catch the heat for it. I agree, but you know (laughs) that's very true. But yeah, no, he he nixed it that year, and I always wonder what were they hiding that they nixed the Big Orange Caravan that year. You know what I mean? There, There 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 was something they were hiding. That they didn't want fans asking, and I don't know what it was, but it was wow. very. What would you ask Jeremy Pruitt? I mean, at those things, how bad? How much are you cheating? Is that what? <laughs> but they, <laughs> I was wait. I I wonder if former Jeremy Pruitt said like we needed more support for the big orange caravan showing the with with the mascots and the cheerleaders, and you know, I'm like, well, okay. It's going to take a lot more than cheerleaders. Just I'm going to need a lot more from the cheerleaders and just their attendance if I'm going to show up for one of those things. 
Arrow Group Security <laughs> Solutions Leadership Experience Specialization Addressing Problems Through Unique Mission-Specific Mitigation Techniques. Also making your children safer one school at a time. Reach out to them about your workplace or your children's school. It's heraldgrp.com, heraldgrp.com. It's right down below. Go to Herald Group Security Solutions. So um, in, in, in the end, uh, I think that uh, I, I don't, think there's really necessarily a comparison between the two if you had to choose one you between which two uh, uh, if, between the uh, top two of the group if, if you if you had to pick one of the coaches of the coaches that tennessee had of the bad coaches tennessee had or yes i mean oh. if you had to pick one that was the most frust- frustrating for tennessee's fan base was it Dooley? was it butch was it uh was it oh, I, I break from Josh Ward and Fred White on this. It was easily Butch for me. It was easily Butch. And by the way, I defended Butch all the way through the middle of 2017, but I I didn't, and it's funny, we'll get to the football IQ segment in a second, but Butch, the in-game blunders, I, they're on a level that I've never seen from a head coach before. I mean, I've never, you know, you can get one from a coach every now and then, but I don't think anybody had more in-game blunders than Bush Jones. I mean, it was just – I mean, it was – I still can't get over. I don't have my field goal team out. They're kicking a 55-yard field goal. I need to call a timeout so I can get my field goal team out to try to block their field goal. You know the one people say if you could ask a question at a press conference and somebody had to answer it honestly? What my answer is most of the time. What? Honestly, and I'd, I'd use coach because they usually like that, so it would endear me to them. I don't like calling them coach, but I would do it this one particular coach. You feel overwhelmed, <laughs> and they have to answer it honestly, so it's like liar, liar with Jim Carrey. And he has it. You feel a little overwhelmed, like right after a game. That would be the greatest question ever. If it was a Not tough, or just tough, brutal loss. Maybe too too strong. I would have to say the butch thing to me. The butch thing to me, a lot of people believed in. That was the most frustrating part. Seeing a lot of fan bases, uh, a lot of Tennessee's fan base who I like on a personal level, a lot of people that bought in. I was hearing stuff early, really, Caleb. That people I didn't think want reported. So well, it is time for. You knew, I just wanted to point this out. The stuff you knew, though, a lot of people didn't know at the time we were presented with the information publicly that T Martin just didn't want to come back to UT because he had some sort of resentment. You were the one and the inside was what reported that we found out. No, he wanted to come back to Tennessee and Butch Jones just gave him a show interview and threw him under the bus and made it look like he didn't want to come. Yep. And we didn't know that at the public at the time. Yeah, that's, that's what he did. And you, you just were so worried about the optics of everything that at the end of the day, the, the 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 one thing that's most important, and that's the football. I feel like I'm uh, starting like some sort of speech or something. That's the football. That's the football team. That's the wins and losses. You kind of lose that a little bit. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, as far as uh, Tennessee uh, in the uh, basketball opener, do you want to do basketball opener or football like you? You call it, sir. Let's dive in with football IQ real quick because this is a perfect transition from coaches. All right, from uh, coaches who made some bad decisions to now is when Caleb really gets mean. So we have different levels, and if you just did something kind of stupid. That's crazy. All right, if you did something really bad. You suck, you jackass. By the way, John Adams will be back with us on next Tuesday. All right, so here we go. What do you got? A little football IQ for me. Laid on me number one, and I'll tell you what I think between the two. And we might get to the point, maybe it's tough to get there where Peyton says, like, That is total bullshit. That's a lot, though. I mean, that's a lot. All right. So, what do we got? Number one. Here we go. We'll hear your thoughts on the message board. All right. Here's some fun ones. Uh, Coach Prime is back on it. Um, and this one is Colorado against Oregon State. They lose 26 to 19. Now, everybody's mad because there was some confusion with like 42 seconds left. He let the clock run down to two seconds and then burned a timeout and Colorado lost. I didn't mind that because Colorado shit was going to – it was second down. Oregon State could have run out the clock anyway, if that makes sense. It didn't matter when they used their timeout. If you use a timeout with 42 seconds left, you take a knee. The, the knee itself takes two seconds off the clock, and then you run the play clock down to zero. So it doesn't really matter. The dumb play, though, was with a minute 42 left, Oregon Colorado scores a touchdown to cut the lead to 26-19. to 19. Dave, a minute 42 left. Minute 42 you left. On, you onside kick it, right? Even if you have uh, your timeouts, you have to onside kick it. You get the ball it. back. Uh, how many timeouts do I have? Oh, he had all three to his credit. But he's, you still, if they get one first down, it's over. You've got to onside kick it. Deion Sanders kicks off. And his defense had been gassed. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just going to go with. Uh, That's crazy. Because I agree with you, but I don't think it's night and day. I think it is when you're when you're Colorado and you have no depth and you know your defense is tired. Okay, I mean I agree with you. But it's not night and day. Like what there could be something he doesn't know that, that they've never practiced onside kick. They've never worried about it. They're like he's anti onside kick. I mean there could be something that that's close enough that could change my mind one way or the other. If I knew something about my team. Anyway, that's a, I still agree with you, but I don't. I'm like just not blown away. All right, still good. All right, what do we got next? All right, so second, Kansas State, uh, Chris Kleiman. I usually like aggression. I like going for the win when you're the underdog. I don't like it in this situation. It was fourth and goal in overtime from the four yard line. Kansas State was down thirty three to thirty. Had thrown three straight incomplete passes. I'm sorry, when you're at the four, you kick the field goal. If you're at the one, go for it. But if you couldn't gain a yard on three plays before. 
and it's fourth and goal from the four. You take the field goal. And he instead did what? He instead went for the win and didn't get it. Uh, well, I mean, that's Peyton level. They're like, that is total bullshit. No, yeah, that's the four and even the two is like an exorbitant amount of distance. The one (laughs) is so close and in and the two, but the four, I mean, you're talking about the size of the rooms we're sitting in now. So, I mean, that's a long ways on a football field. Yeah, it's a totally different set. It's desperation rules. If you can tie it, that they could tie it. Yeah, they could tie it and send it to another overtime. You got to tie it at that point, right? You got to tie it. Is Dion yeah. overhyped? Uh, no, I've, no. I he, he could still stumble down the stretch. And Dion, now let's say this TCU, not as good. Who was their other quality? And was what win was it? Nebraska. That, that's it. Nebraska. Well, well, it's quality because it's a name, but right. Nebraska, eh, they're not great either. So, I mean, I think he's what they should be. I think it, no matter what happens the rest of the year, it's probably maximize what they should be. I don't think he was I, again, everybody got Dion wrong. Vegas set Colorado's win total at three and a half. People after the two wins thought Colorado was a playoff team, which was stupid. Anybody who knew football knew that wasn't the case. But now because Dion's struggling down the stretch, it's all of a sudden, oh, Dion can't coach. No, Dion's already overachieved what's possible for Colorado this year. He could lose the rest of his games, and he's already done more than he should have done this year. And so, yeah, it's I think he's fine. All right, so moving on, our man, Dave, our man, Brent Venables, man, he's getting on there regularly, and I'm calling you the prophet. You knew it was going to get exposed eventually. Brent Venables is not a head coach. And I do not believe he'll be a successful head coach. So two things. You t- I, I, you tell me which one was dumber. I try to only reserve one per head coach because I just don't like to pile on totally. <laughs> but Brent Venables had uh, two this week. So first was Oklahoma got the ball at the end of the first half at the Oklahoma State at, – at, at the 42-yard line, their own 42. Two timeouts left over a minute. Brent Venables played for the half to go into halftime. Near midfield with two timeouts left and over a minute to go. Okay. Uh, you've got a, over a minute to go. How many timeouts again? Two timeouts. Didn't even try to get a field goal out of it. And you're I'm near midfield. Gonna give it, I'm, I'm giving it a minimal judgment. That's crazy. And here's the reason why. He may know something that we don't. Center has a pulled calf. Something. I can't tell you 100% it's crazy. A lot. When I... When I come to one, I'll tell you, but not that one. Okay. Well, that that that's not my main one with Venables, though. Here's the one. Okay. Second half late in the game. It's 27 to 21. It's a fourth and 12. It's about like four minutes to go. Fourth and 12, you probably need to kick the field goal and play defense. Brett Venables has his offense out on the field, runs the play clock all the way down, then burns the timeout to kick a field goal. They're like, that is total bullshit. What's the <laughs> argument there? I think he didn't know whether or not he wanted to go for it or kick the field goal. And so he had the offense out and then he's like, Oh wait, I should go kick the field goal. And then he calls the timeout. I swear. And... I watched the end of that game. I don't know if you watched it play by play, but there was another point too, where he burned a lot of time despite needing a score. I was kind of watching it. I didn't have the volume up because we were of course, pumping out content on off the hook sports. But um, I think there was another moment and he kind of brain froze uh, for a second. He... So. And you can't brain freeze as a head coach in those moments. That's like rule number one on that. Yeah. Um, so, all right, we got two more. 
Now right. you are going to, that's crazy me, but again, because you're going to lower it, but I, I think you, I think I can get you on my side with this one. Cause okay. it's a similar one to Brent Venables. Eli Drinkwitz had about 31 seconds left again, two timeouts for Missouri at the end of the first half played for the half played for halftime. I think when you're the underdog at George against Georgia, possessions are valuable and you need to try to get points whenever you can. That's crazy. I can't go quite that next level, which is you suck. Yeah. Jackass. Because to me, I, again, he could know something and I'm not just playing, going to play that over and over and over, but I feel like he could know something during the game. Let me get this in real quick. The original hard cider, the Smoky Mountains, Tennessee Cider Company, TNCiderCompany.com, TNCiderCompany.com. Use the promo code HAT to receive some free swag with your cider, cider order. It is fantastic. Available anywhere in the United States. New flavors just coming out. I saw that. Use the promo code HAT to get free swag with your order. All right. What else on Football IQ there, Kev? All right. Number one, and I'm, this is easily the dumbest. This is a... Uh, it was dumb and dumber watching it, and I loved it. It was it was it was Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels uh, in action. Um, so, Florida, Arkansas. There's about 12 seconds left. Florida, the score's tied at 33 in regulation. Florida completes a pass into field goal range to kick the game-winning field goal with about eight seconds left on the clock. Now you know, Dave, the clock stops on first down, right? In college football, right? Right. So all you need to do is go clock it. Go run up and spike the ball. Florida rushes out its field goal team without trying to clock it. I, it, I, I saw this. They clearly did not know the rule. Yeah. Wait, oh, it gets which better. is funny it gets, because it's the detailed coach is what they it's all a call detailed it. coach. It's even better. It, it gets even better. Sam Pittman is freaking out that yeah. he doesn't have a right sub in. So he sends in a defensive tackle. By the way, because Florida is subbing, you can hold the defensive tackle and slow walk him out to run the clock out because that's the rule. But Sam Pittman runs the defensive tackle out. That creates a substitution infraction from Florida, which gets confused. But because the clock was stopped on the first down, it was a 10, wasn't a 10-second runoff. So they had to kick a field goal five yards back. By the way, that field goal is five yards forward. He makes that field goal to win the game. But it was a, like, Billy Napier was stupid for running. Well, that was a stupid decision for Billy Napier for trying to run out the field goal unit and not clock it. A stupid decision by Sam Pittman to try to rush out a defensive tackle rather than slow walk him to sub him to try to run out the clock. And then Florida gets the chance to kick the field goal from five yards back because they take it. Florida, a super decision to take the substitution penalty to stop the defensive tackle from running out. A comedy of errors. Let, let's get to hoops for a second. I know um, people have been Wait, asking. You're not, you're not going to give me a that's crazy or what oh, is that? Yeah, you're, oh, uh, to me, that's definitely a. You suck, you jackass. Why haven't we gotten the sign stealing scandal in there yet? What sign stealing scandal? The whole Michigan thing, remember? We already talked about it. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> no, but I just, uh, it seems like, uh, I feel like the media, I thought we talked about it, is just absolutely beating this to death, which is a shame for college football because it's a pretty sweet season. There's a lot of teams that can win. I've just noticed that, man, really feels like, uh, I wonder if there's any motivation by ESPN who no longer is going to have an agreement with the Big Ten, if there's motivation for them to talk about the sign-stealing scandal at Michigan every single minute of the day. Have you thought about that? I thought about that, but the reason I, the, I, the only reason I'm not giving that as much credence is the people pushing the sign-stealing scandal the most are the other Big Ten schools. 
the other Big Ten schools are the ones that will not let I me. Mean, they have complained consistently. They have filed complaints with the Big Ten. They're all going to media to try to get them to talk about Michigan. And I thought about that too, but yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I noticed a, a random um, uh, interview on. Um, I can't remember the coach's name. Uh, I apologize, but on a podcast, and he was already ready to talk about it. It was almost like they came out of that meeting ready to talk to media to put more pressure on Jim Harbaugh. A uh, changing gears completely. Uh, Tennessee basketball, one to know. It was funny how you and I were joking, and everybody went crazy on YouTube that we were uh, joking about Tom Izzo's comment that Tennessee was a Final Four team. And we were joking that, you know, why would he say that? Does it make him look better? Blah, 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 blah. So let's just go ahead and reset it right now. When you watch this team, when I watch this team, I'm going to ask you, are they one of five teams that could make the final four? Uh, One of 10 teams, one of 25 or 50. So if I'm, if I ask it in that way, Five, 10, 25, or 50. How much are the Vols in the mix after seeing week one? Or well, the, you're 10. right. There are always 50 teams that can make a final four because one of those lower level teams can always get in. But in terms of likelihood, that's I give them. In. Yeah, that's sneaking in. That's not yeah, a that good can year, legitimately right? get in. Yeah. After watching this game, I will say, look, I got to go one of 10. I can't go one of five. But I do go one of ten because Barnes did play small ball again. Um, Vascovi was back in the game. Ziegler was finally able to come back and get and, and get a sweet one. Now you could say it was a little disturbing that Tennessee only scored eighty points. Again, you want an offensive team when you're playing a team like Tennessee Tech. You, Tennessee Tech, you want them to score 100, 110 points if you're what if you're what you expect them to be. But he was working Josiah James back into the lineup, and he was working Santi Vascovi back in the lineup, both of whom missed the exhibition game. So I think they were resting. So I still say one of ten. I think once those, if those two were fully healthy and had been playing in the exhibitions, Tennessee probably would have scored like 95 points in this game, which is much better than just 80. So I think they'll be fine. I would like to point out for all of those people that came at us last week, they're like, that win over Michigan State was so good. Guess what, guys? Michigan State lost to James Madison yesterday at home. So you didn't do anything more impressive. You're, you're bragging about beating a team in an exhibition that lost to James Madison in a regular season game. But I, I say this every year. What what conference is James Madison in? The Colonial Athletic Association? Or no, maybe they're even, since they moved to Division One in football, couldn't they be the Sun Belt or Independent? I don't know. They were in the know. CAA for a while. Which is the Colonial? Colonial Athletic Association. I have always said this, believe it or not. I want all of our posters to listen. I've always said, if there is one too deep, one basketball team in the colonial that I can always recall at the drop of a hat. It's wait, what team were we talking about again? <laughs> James Madison. It's James Madison. That's but, who it is. Well, also to be fair, James Madison's nickname is the Dukes. So maybe they're like Duke when they play basketball. And so Tennessee fans, you, you got me, Tennessee fans, James Madison is the Dukes. And so I shouldn't be upset at Michigan state for losing. They only lost to basically a Duke adjacent team, you know? Okay. Right. So they did play everybody. I did notice that I was watching people go in and out as, uh, uh, I was kind of on the road, but had it on those, uh, one of those app things. So, uh, 
who stands out to you as far as newcomers? Uh, Caleb, you're dialed into basketball. Was there anybody that stands out to you seeing them under real action? Because this is a team we're going to really enjoy following this year, especially if they break from what they've typically been. And that is a, a Tennessee team who is, plays a lot of defense, uh, has to be able to hit the three. And I think we saw them stumble with that a bit uh, last year when the three wasn't falling. But I think this team's going to be slightly more up and down, we hope, Caleb. Yes, uh, Jordan Ganey is the newcomer I like. He came off the bench. He had 14 points. He was 2 of 4 from 3. He's the guy that really, to me, showed that Rick Barnes is willing to stretch the floor more. Now, Don Connect was the guy who started in front of him and had 17 points. Connect was 2 of 6 from 3, played a little bit more in the paint than you would want. Um, I'm sorry, guys, you're not going to sell me that Dalton Connect had a dunk in an exhibition game. Okay, it was the most slow walk dunk of all time. But I will say... That's the one. Why are you doing this? That's the one that got us in so much trouble. I know. It was... I don't care. I mean, come on. We're having a perfectly good conversation. Help me with this guy (laughs) on the message board. Perfectly good. It was a goofy highlight that uh, ESPN pulled. It no, it was Michael Jordan jumping from the free throw line, Dave. It was Don't not you know? that. <laughs> All right, move on. We, I, I'm excited about following this team. Everybody thinks we hate this team. I, we don't. Go ahead. No, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to double down on everybody that thought that exhibition game was legitimate. Um, no. and- I will say this. I think from seeing the first game, knock on wood somewhere, no injuries, because you remember what happened last year it, it, and what's happened with Ziegler. Uh, you know, it seems like they have gotten bit by injury bug at the worst possible spot. This seems like a team that enters the season at least two men deeper. Am I wrong? Oh, I, I would say three to four men deeper I, because okay. I would say that you've got the transfers. Nobody's missing Eros Plachik. No one's missing him. I'm sorry. It was um, there was a reason that Tennessee that teams guarded the perimeter so aggressively last year. They didn't trust Rush Blachick in the post, and so when you replace him with a Don Connect, Jordan Ganey, guys that can stretch the floor, you have an upgrade now, and so I think that's totally fine. Um, so I think they're because of that they're four to five guys deeper, and they are better shooting the ball. So all seriousness aside, that Michigan State game notwithstanding because now you should be concerned that they only beat them by one, given the fact that they lost to the James Madison Dukes. Um, but uh, I would say that you should be excited about how they're able to stretch the floor the the with the guard play. And I think that is because, again, Dalton Connect, I thought, was the big red flag because he was brought in for defense. But then he scored 17 points last night and hits two threes. So if that's your defensive addition and he can shoot well from three outside – you got a lot to be excited for. I'd still start Jordan Ganey over Connect. I don't like Connect and Matt and Meshack in together. I think that is still Rick Barnes going a little bit too. Like I want the defense because those are two defensive specialists on the wing. But I do, I will say that I think that changes when Zakai Ziegler is able to start and full, getting fully healthy. I do, I do love this a unique take from Rocky Top Tom, who can be a little critical and cynical at times, but says. I'm just happy we don't have that sissy Fulkerson anymore. That guy was softer than baby food and not worth a bump on a pickle. That's the strongest take I've had about Fulkerson in forever. He was a just fine basketball player. Did anybody expect him to be Shaquille O'Neal when he, when he decided to come? Well, to okay, so here's what happened with Fulkerson, and this is unfair to him, and it's not his fault. 
So 2019, 2020, right before COVID hit and the SEC tournament shut down and everything, Fulgerson had the strongest finish to the season of anybody in the SEC that year. He had like a seven and nine streak where he scored 20 points. What you realize had happened was that Fulkerson SEC where was, teams had not. Where is he from again? Uh, he's from East Tennessee somewhere. Johnson City, right? Isn't it? Okay. Okay, go ahead. Um, what See, you realize had happened. Tennessee, so we got the power genes. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, so Fulkerson <laughs> had not. What you realized was that Fulkerson had not. Nobody had prepared for him because Tennessee was going to him a lot more because they had learned that Urash Plachik wouldn't get eligibility to play. So they started going to Fulkerson all the time. The SEC hadn't prepared for him. The next year comes and the SEC realizes, oh, we can scheme for this guy. It ain't that hard. And then, yeah, he he was a solid player off the bench, but never should have been a starter. And that was the problem with Falky. I'll tell you one thing. you, you Not to sound like Al Pacino, but if you give me 10 of those guys with different skill sets, I'll win with him. I saw the post about Casey Clausen made his first start against Alabama, what, like five days ago or something. It was his first ever start. Um, I got yeah. just on Facebook. So I, and I was like, you give me 11 of him, I'll win a lot of games. Um, With the heart and, of Falky, you mean? Yeah, just the whole, just that heart, that presence. I don't know. I, I liked him. I love, I, my favorite thing about college basketball is uh, there's always that white guy that's like the gritty player that's the heart player, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good thing. He's he's that guy, no doubt about it. All right, uh, coming up uh, on the program, we'll visit with uh, Jimmy Himes on a Wednesday. We love doing that. Also, Josh Ward on a Thursday. And then Friday will be a football Friday with Fred Borman's Zoo Talk. Go to offthehooksports.com. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of the Off the Hook Sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.